Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mello. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm here with Max Mallow and we got a brand new show that we're going to be talking about today that is coming out today, October 15th. So we're definitely excited to talk about it. Um, I feel like the last few reviews we've done, movies or American Horror Story, you know, a show that's been going on for a long time. So we're looking at a pilot of a show which, you know, has its ups, has its downs. So we're going to get all into that. Yes, we're going to be reviewing the pilot for the new Day of the Dead show, uh, obviously named after the iconic George A. Romero film um, that is now on Sci-Fi. The premiere came out today. Of course, also October 15th marks the release of Halloween Kills. That review Mm -hmm. will be coming next episode, so keep an eye out for that because we are extremely excited to watch and review that movie. Um, This one, you know, you know me, Natalie. I love zombies. Mm -hmm. I love any type of zombie movie. And also, you know, there's a trailer for the new Resident Evil movie, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. And uh, my faith in zombies are going down in the dumpster. This this is an interesting show. Um, and this pilot is, uh, you know, th- this pilot feels like a, like a sci-fi show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, you ever seen Z Nation? I never watched it, actually, but... I didn't really have an interest in it, so I know what you're talking about, but I never watched it. It's kind of I like I got the same kind of vibes. It was also on okay. Sci-Fi, and I liked Z Nation as just like a put it on in the background, get through it. I remember the reason why I even started watching it was that the barber I used to go to in college had it on the TV, and for some reason they were watching it. I was like, "What is this?" Yeah. So I ended up like binging it on Netflix, and it was fun. It was like campy, bad. Mm-hmm zombie stuff you know and man through my first viewing of this i got some thoughts but uh if you're if you're a fan of strong dialogue i'm sure you've not been a fan of these last two episodes if you've been watching along with us in terms of malignant um and now day of the dead but of course you know this came out there's the chucky show also on sci-fi so sci-fi is really pushing uh uh big into horror you know with the with these properties obviously anything related to George A. Romero is huge and the Chucky show is kind of being marketed as the true Chucky timeline because there was that whole dispute going on when the the remake came out uh but two years ago now last year two years ago two years ago yeah because it was Uh, way before the pandemic and everything so right but uh yeah we're gonna review the pilot we're gonna give you our thoughts our concerns um (laughs) and yeah, it'll be fun. But of course, before we do that, we're into our weekly horror news roundup where Natalie scours the internet for everything to know when it comes to horror. Um, and oh, you know, before we get into this, uh, obviously this first piece of news um, has to do with Mr. Mike Flanagan, who is 
He's the, the Mike Flanagan hype train is back on the railroad. It is riding high. Midnight Mass is doing amazing. The reviews have been great. I've been seeing TikToks. My girlfriend sent me TikToks where it's like Midnight Mass is just that type of show that's just like unsettling scary, yeah. which I'm like, great. That's exactly what I want. I can't wait to watch it and review it on the show. But um, there's a new Mike Flanagan limited series coming to Netflix, uh, The Fall of the House of Usher, which, of course, is based on the work of Edgar Allan Poe. So give us the lowdown on this, considering you are, I would say, the conductor, co-conductor, at least, of this Mike Flanagan hype train once again setting course. I know. I know I'm back on the hype train of Mike Flanagan. So, yeah, um, coming to Netflix, like you said, it's interesting because um, this is said to be based on multiple works by Edgar Allan Poe, but he did have a short story called The Fall of the House of Usher, which is what the show is called. So, interesting. Um, First published in 1839. And, yeah, there's not much known. There isn't an official you know, plot synopsis yet. This was just announced this week, but I'm excited. He's just charting out the works. He has this multi-year deal with Netflix, and I'm I'm more excited than I would have been if I hadn't seen Midnight Mass because Midnight Mass restored my faith in Mike Flanagan over here. So I'm excited for this, and we'll definitely be watching it. Yeah, um, according to the article from Deadline that Natalie um, is referring to. Uh, it'll be an eight-part limited series, and it's not going to be related to anything else that Flanagan has done. So, if anyone was scared of like a sequel to Midnight Mass kind of flopping in the same way that Bly Manor flopped compared to Hill House, um, you know, those worries can be set aside. And yeah, I mean, he's crushing it, right? Hill House was a huge mm-hmm. success. Bly Manor was still really popular, even though we didn't yeah. like it as much. And Midnight Mass, like you said, is doing super well. And I, as excited and like you know and I'm sure Netflix is loving this deal that they have with Mike Flanagan if he continues to churn out like amazing projects I think I'm more interested in seeing what comes after the Netflix project and if he goes like yeah. does a big feature film or something like that that gets into theaters um, but I mean for him I mean like the timing couldn't have worked out better in terms of like you know uh, I guess the unfortunate circumstances of the pandemic but mm-hmm. also everyone being home and being able to appreciate the work on Netflix. Um, yeah, so people should be really excited about this. Um, and then, of course, there's also the Midnight Club coming out. So he's just, like, he's just churning out projects left and right. Yeah, it's exciting. It is. That's going to be his, this uh, this new series, The House of Usher, is going to be his fifth series um, for Intrepid Pictures, which follows, obviously, Hill House, Blind Manor, Midnight Mass, and Midnight Club. So... Crazy. Very crazy. Uh, the man is working tirelessly, uh, I'm sure. And He's making bank. He, I'm sure. It, oh, I'm sure that bank is definitely rolling in right now. Um, he is. Uh, he's not. Uh, <laughs> he's probably not upset with how he's doing right now. But yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, I'm really excited to review Midnight Mass because you keep hyping it up. And like I said last episode, if everyone caught the end of it, when Natalie hypes something up, it's got to be really good because Natalie doesn't hype up things that are just okay. Yes. So, yeah, there's that. And then also, um, man, I was so excited for this movie. Um, anyone who's, you know, a listener of the pod would know. I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. Love the Resident Evil games. When it was announced that a new Resident Evil movie was coming out, super excited. Uh, the trailer debuted at New York City Comic Con, which is obviously going on. Um, mm-hmm. And 
the trailer for the movie, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Man. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, wait, what was I thinking? Oh, no. It's yeah. not good. I just watched the trailer right before we started recording, and I was very curious what you would think as a, you know, diehard fan of the video games and this franchise, and let's let's hear your thoughts, and then I'll, I'll share mine as someone that is not involved in this franchise at all. Sure. So some of the imagery here was really cool. Um, yeah. The Raccoon uh, City Police Department, the RPD, the big setting, I thought that was really well done. I thought that looked pretty true to the franchise. Um, I think Kaya Scoladaria. I don't want to butcher her name. Um, Kaya Scoladario. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. Um, I think she looks great. Uh, playing. Uh, what's her face? Uh, Claire Redfield. Um, and then that's that's where my that's about it. Uh, man, though, no, this is. It's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be real bad. And I'm really sad about it because it's just it's just such a great franchise that, like, you know, it wouldn't be hard to make a movie based on the franchise. And I love the the Miliovich ones as, like, a guilty pleasure. Cause it's like my, yeah, nostalgia, my childhood, even though they butcher the games as well, you know. But, man, this is... This is gonna, you know, this is gonna set the franchise back. I'm afraid it's just it doesn't look good. Um, Robbie Amell is playing Chris Redfield, who of course is uh, Claire's brother. Um, I I just I don't know. It's, I'm worried. I'm real scared. I'm real scared. This is gonna be real bad. And it says exclusively in theaters at the yeah. end of the trailer, which I'm kind of like, okay, good. So if I don't want to go, I don't gotta go. <laughs> I know. I saw that and I was like, wow, really insensitive but no i'm so upset yeah i don't think it looks good there were some action parts towards the end of the trailer where i was like okay that looks fun but that was kind of the extent of it it kind of just looks like a throwaway people yeah people in the um in the comments on like twitter and youtube when the trailer premiered were like this looks like something out of the cw and i was like oh no um And I was really hyped for this too. Like the whole idea of the the premise seemed like it was going to be Resident Evil One mixed with Resident Evil Two, which is a bad idea. Never combine two <laughs> extremely long video games into one movie. That's going to be an hour and forty five, two hours long. Not a good idea. Um, Hannah John Kamen, who of course was in Ant um, Man and the Wasp, who played Ghost. I really liked her in that movie, um, and I kind of like that movie. People don't like that movie for some reason. Uh, probably because it was the one that came in between Infinity War and Endgame, so people weren't so excited about it. Um, she's been in Game of Thrones, Ready Player One. She's playing Jill, who's one of the you know titular characters, or not—that's not the right word. That's is that yeah? That means title character. No, uh, she's one of the main characters in Resident Evil, in um, Resident Evil Three, and which which takes place alongside Two, but also like it just. What seems to be going on in the trailer doesn't coincide with the games, which is making me very scared and nervous. And they're going to make their own story, and they're going to ruin it. And I'll be really upset. And combined this with the the animated series that came out earlier this year, that was okay. It wasn't amazing. It was just like, oh, man. The game... I haven't played the game yet. The new game, 8. But 8 got really good reviews. Or Yeah, 8. So... I don't know. 
man, I talked too long about this. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much else to say. It doesn't really look good. There's also like no marketing for it. I know a trailer just came out, but I haven't. I didn't know it was coming out that soon. So it just seems like one that I'll kind of fly under the radar and wasted opportunity. I'm just upset. Like the someone also said, I read a comment that was like at the end when the liquor jumps down. You know the the big four-legged creature with the tongue and the brain sticking out. Yeah. Um, someone was like, wow, that looks like some real um, immersive <laughs> suspense disbelieving um, or yeah, suspending disbelief CGI we got there. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. <laughs> it, it's going to be bad. It's going to be real bad. And if it's that bad, you know, there's a level of like bad that we have to review, right? But there's going to be a level of like that bad where I won't subject you to it. So I think that's where we're heading. All right, let me know. Let me know. I will. I will. Um, yeah. But, yeah. The other thing that you put it here for the the horror news roundup, which is, I mean, extremely exciting, is that there's so much horror coming. Yeah, right? I know it's crazy. I just had to make note of just how much content we're getting this month, um, and I can just go through them really, really quickly. There's someone inside your house came out on Netflix earlier this month. The Chucky series came out on the 12th, and then. Today, on the 15th, we have Day of the Dead, which we're going to be talking about today, Halloween Kills, which we will talk about, You Season 3, I Know What You Did Last Summer, the Amazon TV show, then on the 20th, we're getting Night Teeth on Netflix, also on Netflix, Lock and Key Season 2 on the 22nd, and then, of course, what we're all so excited for, which we must review, is Paranormal Activity Next of Kin, which will round out the month at uh, the 29th, so... Yeah. Some good, some bad, you know, balance. I feel like a hypocrite because, like, I just like trash Resident Evil about that, like, being on that level of, like, bad where I won't subject you to it. But I know for a fact we're going to review Next of Kin, which is definitely going to be on that same level. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, like, also, like, do, like, none of these, like, executive heads, like, you know, scout their competition or something? Because, like... The 15th, yeah. What's what's the deal here? Like, when did October 15th be the day to release all of your, like, high-profile, big-name franchises? I missed that memo. This whole weekend, the 17th Succession Season 3 premieres, just a lot for my brain to comprehend. I've heard that show is amazing, and I've been heckled by a family friend to watch it. It's really good. Yeah, I need to like it. I need to watch it. Um, But yeah, I mean, on this list, obviously, Halloween Kills is the one we're most excited for. I think I'm the most intrigued by I Know What You Did Last Summer. I haven't seen you, so that's something I need to probably end up watching. But uh, I think I Know What You Did Last Summer is pr- like, it might be like the dark horse for like best of these outside of Halloween Kills. I'm definitely interested to watch it. I haven't read any reviews for it yet, so I mean, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. No, we probably will. I mean, it's probably. You know, if we like it enough, we'll review it on the pod for sure. At least yeah. one episode. Also, you know, in terms of episodic TV, I know we've gotten away from our review of American Horror Story Red Tide. We'll come back to it eventually if we do or if we don't. You know, that's our prerogative. We run the show. If you don't like it, <laughs> too bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's your weekly Horror News Roundup. Um, Resident Evil. Such a shame. Uh, and now let's let's get into our review of the new Day of the Dead TV series because, man, 
for people who don't know, obviously Day of the Dead is one of uh, George A. Romero's best zombie films of all time. I'm sure the best in a lot of people's views. Um, of course, you have Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Um, but Day of the Dead is definitely a unique take on you know zombie culture. Uh, and George A. Romero is definitely the, the godfather, not the grandfather. Also kind of the grandfather. Um, but the, the godfather of the, the zombie genre. And Day of the Dead's been remade before, so this isn't the first time this is is uh, this name because it, it's kind of based on it. You know, definitely not the same story, but um, you know, a, a big name to attach to your TV series, regardless. Mm-hmm. And have you watched the Day of the Dead remake? I had no idea it even existed. I don't think it's from two thousand eight. Yeah. Um, no. Haven't seen it. There's another one too that's like Day of the Dead Bloodline, um, and there's also Day of the Dead Two Contagium, which was supposed to be like a prequel or something like that. Like, I don't know. I guess people are just like, this might be the one where nobody cares if we take the name and just start attaching, you yeah. know, the George A. Romero's movie to it. Um, but you know, this is based on that 1985 original film, mm-hmm. um, and. The remake came out in 2008, the first one, uh, I believe, and yeah. that one had Nick Cannon in it. Um, yeah. Wild and Out Nick Cannon. Um, Mena Savari uh, of American Beauty and the Teenage Dirtbag <laughs> music video. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going with this? Yeah, no, she's got two tickets to Iron Maiden. Um, and then Ving <laughs> Rhames, who I love Ving Rhames um, yeah. from Mission Impossible and also the Zack Snyder remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead, yeah. But, yeah, he appeared in both. Uh, and I haven't seen this movie, and I don't think I ever want to see this movie. No. No. So. Yeah, just, why? Why? <laughs> why Why does this exist? <laughs> yeah, and we might be saying the same thing about this TV series. Oh, I got worse. I got worse to say. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Yeah, the the official synopsis um, is that six strangers are trying to survive the first 24 hours of an undead invasion. So, obviously, when you look at George A. Romero's original work, you have Night of the Living Dead, which obviously takes place um, in a unique location, trying to figure out what's going on with zombies in the world and everything like that. And obviously, mm-hmm. all the impact and... and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Impact and, uh, I guess, long-lasting effects that yeah. Night of the Living Dead had on all of cinema. Um, is well stated. Um, Dawn of the Dead very much takes place inside a mall, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure, whether or not you've seen the movie or not, everyone's had like their thought of like, okay, zombie apocalypse happens. Where am I going? And I'm like, I'm going to the mall. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the original Day of the Dead takes place in an army bunker, um, which is um, a unique sitting as well and kind of all the the trials and tribulations that go on with the impending doom of a undead apocalypse. And that's not how this one starts off. This one starts off in a fictional town, I'm assuming. I hope it's not real because I don't want to go there. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to... How do you pronounce it? Because I can't. Oh, I don't know. Min, Minwahawken? Oh, man, I'm going to have to look it up. Do you want me to try to pronounce it? Yeah, we're both going to try to pronounce it. God. Where is it? I didn't write it down. I'm finding it. Hold on. It, it's in Pennsylvania. I know that for 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 a fact <laughs> because there's uh, Pennsylvania license plates um, on the back of a Porsche in this episode for some reason. Uh, Day of the Dead sci-fi. How do you pronounce this this thing? 
Minwahawken, I think it is? Oh, it doesn't even say it on the Wikipedia. No, because when we're recording this, it's not out yet. Right. Um... <laughs> Just call it Manahawken. That's a town in New Jersey. We can claim it. <laughs> it's No, it's not. If we're not we're, we're no, no town wants to claim this movie. Ma... <laughs> Mawin Mawinhawken? Mawinhawken. Ma- okay. Mawinhawken. Thank you, IMDB. Um <laughs> and uh yeah. Don't want to go there. Ever. No. It, this, this town is upside down <laughs> and completely ass backwards from what I was expecting. Yeah, and the people, almost all of them are terrible. So I think, you know, this is the premiere episode so it does what every premiere episode needs to do establish the setting right so we have this town and establish the introductions of these main characters and i mean it does that we know what this town's about we know the main characters and we know their motivations beyond that the dialogue is really bad the acting is not great. I always feel bad saying these things, especially like about actors, but the acting is not great given the, you know, content they were given. Um, and there's some good action, I will say. Yeah. It, I agree with you on that, on that point about the actors, right? Like, especially for actors who aren't well known in the mainstream light. Right. Or do you say like, Oh, that person's not good at acting or is it, the script writing's not good. Is are they going for certain, you know, mm-hmm. style? Is it supposed to be campy, like you know, bad on purpose type of stuff? Um, I haven't seen any of these actors in anything else beforehand. Um, I know one of the characters we'll get into uh, was in Siberia, which was the Keanu Reeves film oh, that I wanted to see. Um, mm. But yeah, there's just something off. And maybe yeah. it's because, like, I haven't watched a sci-fi show in a long time, but... Didn't it remind you of the premiere of The Stand? Which no, was also that was bad. better. You think so? That was way better. And that show also had Alexander Skarsgård, so you're yeah. already heading for stardom. I mean, the premiere of us being, like, the pacing was weird, the dialogue was bad, and just, like, them trying to set up the scene in an awkward way. Yeah, there's definitely that, but there's also, like, there, there are some things that we'll get into after our first break where I'm just like, man, I hate this, I don't like that you did that, I don't know what's going on here, and man, I'm cringing really hard. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree, so yeah, on that note, let's take our first break, and then we'll be right back and talk about the opening scene and how it leads into the rest of the episode. So basically the opening, I also wasn't sure if I watched the, first, the right episode at first because I put it on and we're right in the middle of zombies happening um, and the action begins right away, which, I mean, I appreciate. It kept my, you know, my attention the whole time. Um, and we see, you know, zombies are out and about during the daylight. There's people trying to run away. Um, this kid's mom comes out of nowhere with a gun and starts shooting the zombies, which was a little off-putting in the presentation of it. Um, and then another big part, I guess, of the opening is that um, another one of the kids sees, like, a zombie walking, and it's like, whoa, that's my dad. And that's pretty much the opening. Oh, man. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, 
So I understand, like, you know, it's a cold open. You want to get people excited in the show right away and, like, keep, yeah. keep them watching, right? I hate the idea of doing something in a zombie apocalypse that has characters being shown. And then you flash backwards, and then you get to how they they get started. Which, you know, I will point to two specific characters later on in our review when that happens. But there's just some things here where I'm like, that's really annoying, and I don't like that. Also, like, the mom gets out of the car and says, like, how does the Second Amendment taste or something like that? And I'm like... Yeah. I'm like, why would the Second Amendment be relevant at all during a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> Just like, oh man, thank God for my right to carry and bear arms, right? <laughs> when government doesn't exist anymore because we're in the middle right. of a cataclysmic <laughs> zombie apocalypse. But whatever, writers, keep doing you. <laughs> I, you know, whatever. Uh, also, there's a line where they, I guess they're driving and they wake up and they smash a zombie into a light pole or something like that, telephone mm-hmm. pole. And they're like, is he dead? And then, like, the zombie's not dead. And he's like, well, you can say that because, you know, he is dead, undead. Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh, I hate this already, but we're going to power through it. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, it seemed like they were, they were being chased by zombies. I said, oh, there's a fire escape in that alleyway. <laughs> they go down. There's no fire escape. But here comes mom with her two revolvers saving the day and somebody driving the car. And it's a hearse, and it's, I don't know if that's supposed to be like, ha, huh, the dead, <laughs> driving a hearse. Isn't that ironic? We're driving a hearse to get away from the dead when we drive the dead in a hearse. Ha ha. Um, and yeah, what a start to this show. Yeah, there's also another line that I felt was so awkward of someone being like, one of the guys being like, like, did, I didn't know there were so many like dead people in this town. Oh yeah. Oh these huh? <laughs> one of the, one of them who I will call Budget Steve Harrington. Budget Steve for the rest of the episode. Um bothers me a lot, this character. Um and, yeah. it, and it makes me miss Steve Harrington. <laughs> He's also just mean for no reason, which we'll get into. Oh, she's a complete dick. Yeah. So so yeah, that's basically the opening. Um you talked about how like you don't like when they show kind of like here's the present and then we'll do a flashback is that what you're saying yeah I feel like it happens so often in zombie or just like apocalypse any kind of disaster movies which like i feel like we're just conditioned at this point to expect that to happen and i'm not against it but i it annoyed me how it wasn't like a circular ending oh just for sure consistency we didn't get we didn't go back to that moment in the end it was just something completely different so I'm like, are we going to go back to it at all? Is it going to be at the end of the of the series? Or I don't know. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, I didn't even think about that. The, you know, I'd hate to do this because it's just, you know, two drastically different shows in terms of quality, in terms of where they're going and franchise and stuff like that. But like, you know, you look at the Walking Dead pilot, mm-hmm. which is just like a masterful pilot in zombies, mm-hmm. um, zombie genre. And this is as far away as you could get from that, unfortunately. Um, Army of the Dead is way better than this, and I've only watched two minutes of the show up until this point. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. So so basically, like we said, the rest of the episode is a flashback of earlier that day. Um, and then we get introductions to kind of the main characters. Um, we get to meet someone named Sarah, who's a woman working at a construction site. Um, 
And right away, you can tell that, you know, her boss is very sexist, really, really terrible guy, really bad dialogue here and throughout every scene, I would say. Terrible dialogue. And we're going to highlight all, we're going to highlight all of it. Don't you worry. (laughs) Yep. And um, so basically, they're working at the construction site. There's something kind of blocking their way. And they send Sarah down underground to investigate what's going on. Um, And down there she sees what I had no idea what it was. It looked like just a silhouette of something, but apparently it's a, a dead body. Yeah. Uh, one of the big parts of this whole episode is the uh, idea of fracking. Uh-huh. Um, so that seems to be a big part in something else that goes on in the episode. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's the, whatever this is, this person has a mask on or something like that. Sarah is extremely startled by it. Um, and you know, it leads to this whole discussion of, like, do we call the cops? Do we not call the cops? Like, what do we do? And, you know, I don't know about you, but you find a dead body, you probably yeah. call the cops. Um, and, yeah, her boss is just extremely sexist for no reason. And, you know, there's a part... You know, if, like, you watch the Wrong Turn movies, right? Like, those movies are bad, and those movies are marketed in that type of... Like, it's just very crude, very rude humor, dialogue, whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. This just, like, you don't have to write the show like this. You don't. Yeah. And, there, and like, I'll bring it up when we come back to the fracking site later on in the episode, but there's just one line where I was like, it didn't even, like, it just, like, I don't know if it, like, bothered me or whatever. Like, I wasn't offended by it, but I was just like, this is stupid. Like, that's just yeah. a stupid line of dialogue. And I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, so fracking is a big thing in this town of Pennsylvania. Yeah. I don't know if that's a real life thing. Is that a real life thing as well? Is fracking a big deal in Pennsylvania? I think it is, in right? In Pennsylvania specifically? I'm not sure. In general, yeah. But I don't know about Pennsylvania. Yeah, me either. Uh, but, you know, this show is taking place on the East Coast, apparently. Um, yeah. And, yeah, then we get our introduction to Cam, um, who gets awoken by something completely strange. Um, yeah. Where, it, you know, we put in our script. Obviously, guys, we have a script we follow. Um Earthquake question mark? But he's just jolted awake for some reason. Did uh, it have to do with the fracking somehow? Maybe, but like, I don't know how fracking wasn't works. Explained. wasn't explained at all. Yeah. It seemed like an earthquake, and then he jolts awake, and then never talked about again. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Um, if fracking is the reason why we have zombies, I'm going to be really pissed. <laughs> I'm going to be really pissed. But um, he's leaving for work, uh, or school or something. School. Um Work. No, he's leaving for work. Work, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, Dad, I'm leaving. I'm leaving for work. Dad. And Dad doesn't give a crap. Dad is in his room. Um, you know, they seem to have a very despondent relationship for whatever reason. But Dad turns out to be uh, the lead detective in town. Um, and we know this because we saw in the beginning of the episode that Dad is a zombie. And yeah. right now, Dad is not a zombie. So I hate that because we know he's going to turn into a zombie. See, I kind of like that. But I also am one that I like spoilers, which is un- an unpopular opinion. No, like, you can do that, right? And, like, build tension that way and, like, go through, like, a whole character arc of, like, the two redeeming each other. Like, the dad yeah. and the son, like, fixing their relationship and blah, 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 blah. And cool. And then, like, it's really sad that he turns into a zombie, right? But, like, we know that's not the case because we know it's going to happen later on in the episode because yeah. we've watched the episode, and that's why I think it's garbage. Um, but, yeah, Dad is called to uh, to go to the, the scene of the frack, Le, le Frack, um, mm-hmm. and investigate this, this body that they have found um, 
while Cam goes to work at uh, what we know is a uh, a funeral. Uh, a, gri- yeah. fu- a funeral, a graveyard. <laughs> he works at a, no, he works at yeah, a graveyard. Yeah, funeral home, graveyard, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get, so I think we were kind of introduced to too many characters. We get introduced after this to someone named Jai, who I don't think they ever say his name. I had to look it up because he's just someone that's out for a jog, arguing with his parents on the phone. And I think we could have waited an episode to get his introduction. He's in the show, in this episode, twice. And there's not really any significance, and I think that they're kind of introducing too many people at one time, and this person is just not important right now. Yeah, it honestly feels like Jai is from a different TV show. <laughs> like, he's, like, worrying about his, like, wedding. Yeah. And, and that his parents aren't flying out for his wedding or something like that. And, mm-hmm. he's and like, he's on the phone with them while he's going out for his morning run or whatever, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like he's on the phone. <laughs> He's having a conversation with two AirPods just to somebody, yeah. to somebody or if anybody's there. But, um, yeah, it's like the day of his wedding and his parents aren't there. And he's wondering if his parents can hop on the, the next flight and get to town, which, like, logistically doesn't really make much sense. Yeah. Doesn't really seem like that would be even be possible or feasible. Um, they're in New Jersey and then he's in oh. New Jersey. And Maybe then, I don't even think about that because when you when you hear like plane, you're like, okay, like you're traveling across the country, right? Yeah. So, um, then he starts like listening to it. I guess he's listening to like a self help tape or something like that, where he's like, I am yeah. in charge of, I am yeah. in charge of myself or something like that. And then boom, jump scare, the sprinkler hits him, and I'm like, cool, cool show. We're doing sprinkler jump scares. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely unnecessary for this episode. He gets one other appearance later on where he goes to kind of the wedding venue and argues with the people that are working there because the color isn't the color his wife or fiance wants. And then there's a weird conversation with another guy named Sean who's like, don't worry, I fixed the problem. I'll make sure everything's good for her. So it's like, all right, is this like her boyfriend on the side or something? It just was a weird like thing to throw in when we only have however minutes, 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, and that this whole scene you're talking about comes on later too, but like when we're in the mm-hmm. kind of like the thick of like zombies arriving. Yeah. And he's like it's it's really weird. Like Jai is like freaking out about like the the flowers that are at his yeah. wedding. And then like this guy shows up and like overrides the the decision on the flowers and apparently he's like the man of honor or something like that and he's like gotta look out for our girl so like again i feel like this is from a completely different show it yeah this doesn't feel like it it is re- like relevant to our main plot whatsoever um yeah uh the next characters that we get introduced to are two also from the the cold open um we get paula and luke uh bowman um Paula Bowman is the the town mayor, uh, and Luke is her son, who was obviously seen with Cam earlier on in the, in the beginning of the episode, like we mentioned. Uh, she's also the one who was, you know, extremely excited that she did the Second Amendment yep. during the zombie apocalypse. Good for her. Um, and Luke is trying to steal beers from the fridge um, while uh, Paula walks into the garage, I guess, and goes into the vault to pull out her handgun. <laughs> um, because I guess later on it's revealed that a big part of her campaign was like open carrying in yeah. Pennsylvania. So, okay. Um, and Paula is very upset that Luke is trying to blow off school and go out and just drink with his friends because it's senior skip day or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I, 
whatever. Um, but yeah, Paula's not happy that her son is trying to ruin her good name as she's yeah. running for, for mayor because, and she also seems to be on the, the side of fracking. She's a pro fracker. Yeah. Um, because the sign on the front of her lawn or something or someone's lawn says, I support fracking and Mayor Bowman. And I'm yep. like, good for you people. <laughs> yep. Setting up, setting up the scene um, very thoroughly here. We know that she's, you know, probably not the the best person um, and is very, very strong willed in her beliefs. And is she's also running for a second term as mayor. So that's another huge part of the episode because, like you said, she doesn't want Luke to ruin her campaign, her reputation, all of that good stuff. So we get kind of that introduction there. Then we also get the introduction to a character named Lauren, which this is interesting to me. I like her and I like this part of the episode at the funeral home. I find it pretty interesting. I feel like we could have gotten rid of a lot of other parts if we just focused on kind of like this Cam story and the Lauren story. But, you know, that didn't happen. So we get to meet Lauren. She works at the funeral home. We get the scene of her talking to Cam, who's outside, um, you know, mowing the lawn at the graveyard. Um, and they have, you know, a friendship, it seems like. Um, they're kind of like talking about how Cam wants to go to college in Hawaii and his dad doesn't want him to go. So they have that kind of trust there. And then we also meet a character named Laszlo, who is an absolute freaking creep, terrible person. He's Lauren's boss and is hitting on her and is pressuring her and threatening her into a date, which, you know, right off the bat, you're like, this guy's got to die, right? He's got to be one of the first to be taken out. Yeah. So this is a good example because I also like Lauren's character. Um, yeah. And I think she's introduced well. And I think... This is a good example of like good bad dialogue, right? Because mm-hmm. like she's outside, she's going outside for her smoke break. And Cam is sitting there on the knockoff John Deere mm-hmm. ride, riding lawnmower thing. And Cam's like, "You shouldn't smoke. Like you'll get lung cancer." And she's like, "Ha, that's funny taking advice from a guy who's wearing cargo shorts." I'm like, "Okay, that's yeah. funny." Like I thought that was funny, but it's also like yeah. it's it's bad dialogue, but it's funny. Yeah. Um and then, like, fast forward five minutes later, you're getting, like, creepy pervert type of dialogue from Laszlo. Also, like, not even, like, creepy pervert, but also, like, extreme blackmail. Yeah. Where apparently Lauren is on parole, and La- and she's also, like, a recovering alcoholic or something like that, it seems. Yeah, she said she's something sober. 90 days, I think. Yeah, 90 days. And Laszlo wants to, like, take her out to celebrate, obviously in a creepy manner. Um, yeah. And she's like, I'm sober, sorry, can't go, like, 90 days, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he leaves, and he's like, oh, by the way, your parole officer called. And I'm like, dude, this is this is weird. It's, it's so much, so fast. Yeah. Also, like, while all this is going on, Josh's just wondering if his parents are coming to his wedding. <laughs> it's, just, it's just too much. Um, I know. But, um... Yeah, no, I like um, I like Lauren a lot. Cam also started to get a little more character development. You know, yeah. can't wait to get out of this one horse town, live his <laughs> life, and you know, make something of himself because he just can't wait to get out of Minwahawken, Pennsylvania. You know, it's not like he's near like New York or anything. <laughs> it just like the whole idea of like can't wait to get out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, you would think like extremely rural, like wherever. 
Right. But it does. It doesn't feel like. Like it definitely feels like a rural town, but it doesn't seem like it's a rural town. Does that make sense? Yeah, especially I feel like the way that they have like the campaign and the politics and everything like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's definitely strange. Also, like some of the houses that are shown, like the neighborhoods, like mm-hmm. Bowman's house seems to be like really nice. It reminded me of um, the the house from the Dawn of the Dead remake, where mm-hmm. um, what's her name? Uh, the main character. Can't remember her name. Um, I'm blanking. But uh, Sarah Polly, that I can't remember. I'll look at uh, whatever. It's not really important. But it reminded <laughs> me, like you know, fancy development, cul-de-sac. Yeah, yeah. Type of house. Also, like the, living on a farm. Right. The mayor drives a uh, a Porsche. Apparently, but like yeah. also the son also drives a Porsche, or maybe he's driving his mom's car. His I don't mom, know. Yeah. There's a lot going on here, but. Yeah, I liked Lauren. There's a cool little jump scare where, like, and, like, also just, like, interesting where she's, like, cleaning the body, which I've never, like, seen before, I think, in, like, a movie or a show. Yeah, the way that she was, like, sucking out the the blood, right, suctioning it out, I've never seen that. Yeah, there's some cool tension here where, like, you don't know if the body's going to wake up and stuff like that, because, like, you know, it's all building up the suspense of when are the zombies going to arrive. Yeah. Um, But, you know, after Laszlo ends up coercing her into going out for a Diet Coke, as she specifically mentions. Um, the eyes pop open, and you're like, ooh, like, okay. zombie? Maybe? Um, but no, just tapes the eyes back. And, uh, and yeah, that's our introduction to Lauren. Yeah, I definitely like her a lot, and I think her scenes just moving going forward are the most interesting to me. Um, and then we get a little bit more. The plot develops with uh, the detective, McDermott. He goes to the construction site, and pretty sketchy the the boss there is kind of saying like oh no it was a dead deer we didn't find a woman we didn't find a person you know it was sarah because she's a woman and she you know overreacted basically which is okay annoying the terrible dialogue again um and of course the detective's like uh no i'll still go look at it you know um and then the the boss kind of tells him like the mayor says it's been like suggested not to look into it so now we get kind of like the politics, the fracking going on. There's like a secret thing happening here that the mayor is on board with, but doesn't want anyone else to know. And it's, it's annoying. It, this line of like, I think he says like, Oh, it was a deer, a female deer. I think he's, I think he specifically mentions the female deer, or maybe he said like female or whatever he said, but then he just goes like, I always said women weren't, should be around fracking sites. Or construction or whatever, he's, and I'm like, what? I'm just like, what? Who says that? I was just like, yeah, like clearly, like his motivation is that they need to frack no matter what, and that's their mm-hmm. job, and he wants to make the money and you know get the job done. The whole I like you could have said all of that without being like, should I always told people women shouldn't be around fracking, and I'm like. Yeah. What? Um, but uh, yeah, the detective's like, cool, whatever. And he leaves. Um, but then he ends up bumping into Sarah outside of the site. Um, and they hatch a plan uh, to get down into the hole uh, and, and find the body. Which, again, it, it doesn't make any sense. Because yeah, the dad, the detective, doesn't seem like he really like cares. Cares, yeah. But then he's also like... 
Oh, like because in the beginning he the 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 chief is like you probably go look at it, um, and he's like, all right, whatever, I'll go do it, and then he gets there, and then like I don't know if like the 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 construction guy like ends up like motivating changing him, being like, mm-hmm. no, you're a scumbag, I'm gonna get to the bottom of what's going <laughs> on here, literally and figuratively in the hole, yeah. and he just had a change of heart and was like, you, you're the one who called, cool get me in that hole. <laughs> like, this is fucking terrible. I know. And, it, like, just so dangerous for no reason to go down there, which, you know, only kind of hurts him in the end because after Sarah helps him get down there, um, the boss guy, who I don't know if he has a name, I was trying to listen for it and didn't hear it, um, he notices what they're doing and he punches and knocks her out. So now McDermott's down there, no help at all, um, terrible situation to be in. And uh, when he's down there, he sees, you know, the dead person. It's very much not a deer. It's a dead person. Um, He takes off the mask, and its mouth is, like, stitched up. Yeah. It was really weird. It was quick, but I believe there was, like, (laughs) stitched up. And before he really has time to investigate more, the construction continues. It picks back up. Um, The worker knows that he's in there but screw it and then the dead person arises from the dead it's awake thoughts no you <laughs> you like man you just did a service to our like listeners by not explaining exactly what happened but i'm sorry i'm here to ruin the day because like their plan is to sabotage the fracking machine mm-hmm. um and sarah does so by just like ripping out two wires or something, yep. and she like throws the wire on the ground right there in front of everyone. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like is it that easy? Like, like, okay. Um, also, like, was there no thought of like, okay, I don't know the dangers of a fracking machine. It seems very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Could the machine explode or anything like that? I don't know. Um, but also, like Sarah. Who, like, you know, their plan, by the way, is, like, okay, think of, like, a giant um, construction vehicle. Like, think of, like, a crane or something like that or a bulldozer. And, like, think on one side of the bulldozer, the asshole construction workers. Well, we don't know if they're all assholes. We know the head is an asshole. Right, the one guy. Right. Maybe everyone else is a, is a nice citizen. Um, but they're all on one side of the bulldozer trying to figure out what's going on here. And then on the other side of the bulldozer is Sarah and the detective and they're like shh we gotta go and they like sneak down the hole and it's like she attaches like a carabiner to the end of the of the um the bulldozer or whatever and they go down to the mm-hmm. hole and I'm like this is so unbelievably stupid I cannot yeah. contain I cannot contain it um and then after they fix the machine and she again gets herself ass- like she gets assaulted she gets, mm-hmm. like she gets punched in the face um, yeah, which is weird. It's it's very weird. Um, yeah, she like detaches the carabiner. Uh, I think that's what they're called, right? Yeah, the carabiners. <laughs> I, I, I did rock climbing once in high school, <laughs> and I hated it. I'm f- afraid of heights. You know when your leg starts to shake when you get too high up. I think they're called. Yeah. I think they're called carabiners. But you know the clips, the giant clips. <laughs> um, and she detaches it from the bulldozer, and it's like they're coming. Just be quiet. And I'm like. Wait, how is he going to get the thing back up the hole? I yeah. can't. I can't. I really cannot. And then the fact, that, 
like then the whole like camera angle of like him punching her in the face, but like him yeah. punching the lens and fading to black. Fuck this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a series of very, very not smart, smart decisions were made there, and it obviously does not work out in their favor. So there's that. Um, let's take our final break, and then we'll be right back to talk about the end of the episode. So there's one other part to this episode where we don't really have to talk about it too, too much, but we'll mention it um, just because we're getting to the end of the episode and running out of time here. There's also another subplot about Paula um, and her husband, Trey. Her husband, Trey, is having an affair with someone who's working on her campaign, and there's a scene where they're going to vote, and Trey is making out with another woman in his little polling tent. So there's that. Again, it's just too much for one episode, I would say. Like, I don't have my focus on one character just because all of these random things are happening. But if we are going to talk about some of the people who matter, um, Cam, he gets into this whole thing where Luke and his friend are driving. They're, like, making fun of Cam for whatever reason. Luke is like, I hate that guy. Don't know why. Um, And then Luke pretends to hit him with his car, just, like, goes right at him and then swerves out of the way the last second. Which, like, where is this feud coming from? They're seniors in high school, so, like, they're kind of young and immature, but they're not 12. I don't know if we'll get any backstory, but then we see Cam throws a rock at the car. He accidentally smashes the windshield, and then there's a straight-up just chase scene in the graveyard, which was fine. I mean, I like them going back to the graveyard because it sets up what could potentially happen with the dead coming back to life. Um, but again, just another another part of the episode. I'm, I'm gonna have to rewind just a little bit to the polling bit because, like, I don't think Trey is uh, Luke's biological father. It doesn't seem like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't been in any scenes together. Yeah, right. But uh, Trey is kind of funny. <laughs> he's just like, she's like, oh man, I'm really nervous about this, and he's like, don't worry, if you lose, I'll still be very supportive of you and love you. And she's like, what good is that? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, And then, yeah, her assistant, um, who's the one that Trey is having the affair with, uh, you know, she's like, the press is here. And they go, they just stand in front of a camera and they play background noise of what the press would sound like in front Mm -hmm. of the retirement home where the polling is. And it's so bad. It's so bad. I could tell, like, they just, either they didn't have the budget for it, I didn't feel it was necessary to show members of the media. It was just really bad and funny, and I kind of laughed at it. And then, yeah, we find about the the affair, <laughs> and she's like, "Your wife's next door. We have to be really quiet, or else she could find out." And I'm like, "She would have heard that." <laughs> of course, she definitely would have heard it. It's really, it's really weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think he. Th- I think he throws like a, a bottle of apple juice at him or something. I don't think it's a rock at the car. <laughs> I think it's something like maybe maybe it was a rock. I don't know, but. Um, he throws that thing pretty far. Yeah. Um, and again, he's driving like a Porsche, so I guess it's his mom's car. Yeah. Mom bought him a Porsche or something. Uh, really nice car. The whole the whole thing with Luke and his friend, which didn't really feel necessary to mention, was obviously Luke got busted with the beers, so they wanted to go buy a keg mm-hmm. um, for their party or whatever because it's senior skip day. Ooh, super cool. Um, and somehow they ended up at the graveyard. You know, that's not where I would go for a keg. But 
yeah, the the chase scene ensues between Luke and Cam. Luke, what's Luke's friend's name? I don't know. I, I don't know if we ever said it. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Um, but it's really, really silly because it's like Luke. It's like Cam running through a graveyard, and then it bends to Luke and his friend running through a graveyard, and it's like there he is. And I'm like, this is so stupid. Um, but Cam gets away because he uh, hides behind a tombstone. Mm-hmm. I guess you're small enough to hide behind a, a big enough tombstone. Sure, good hiding place. And they just give up the chase. Um, yeah. And then his friend ended up stumbling backwards over a hand that's sticking out of the grave, which is like, ooh, spooky zombies. Um, and uh, yeah, he's like, forget about the window. You tell your mom a rock hit it or something. And I'm like, in mm-hmm. what scenario would a rock randomly mm-hmm. hit the back of your windshield and shatter it completely? <laughs> I don't know, but of course. They're high schoolers. Whatever. Um, and while all this is going on, um, kind of got to fast forward now uh, because uh, Lauren is running her first wed- uh, funeral. Not wedding. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's going on with Jai and his character. Yeah. Um, and that was the whole thing about like Laszlo and, and Lauren and why he was being a creep towards her. Because he's like, oh, great news. Like You can run your first funeral today. Um, and this guy shows up and he's really sad and he's just like I'd like to see my peepaw one more time before I go or he goes or whatever and I'm like peepaw that was funny <laughs> um, and yeah you know the whole eyes opening thing of the body that Lauren was dealing with at the beginning of the episode turns out actually is a zombie um, mm-hmm. ends up attacking Laszlo and killing him um, in a super gory manner because Lauren ends up going downstairs to find the body because you know she's like cool He's like, I want to see my peepaw before I go. And she's like, okay, I'll go check on the body. And she opens the casket, and there's no peepaw in there. <laughs> there's one casket, no peepaw. Um, and she goes to investigate, finds Laszlo. Super gory. Yeah. Uh, cool kill. It was I, cool, yeah. I like the imagery. For sure. Um, and then, obviously, peepaw. Uh, will, it will now be known as peepaw for the rest of life. Um, is indeed a zombie. There's a whole bit of chase sequence goes on. She... Um, tries to run upstairs to get away safety, but the zombie follows yep. her. Um, and while all that is going on, all hell is also breaking loose in the graveyard. Um, and the dead are walking the earth. Um, and man, this is, uh, uh I don't know. Kind of hate this. Kind of hate all of this. <laughs> I liked everything going on at the funeral home. I thought it was really funny how, like you said, like she goes back up the stairs and she's kind of in the main viewing room and she just completely <laughs> kills Peepaw with a, a fire extinguisher and a microphone stand. And you don't really realize, but the whole, like, all the guests are sitting there and they're like, what the hell did you just do? <laughs> And I'm like, oh my gosh, like they're all just watching. Um, But fortunately, after Cam is able to fight off the zombies with his lawnmower. No, 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 not letting you do that. Back up, back up, because Cam is mowing the lawn Mm -hmm. and the hand pulls him down. Yeah. Right. And the zombies come out of the ground and they're like oh crap okay the zombies are here now maybe we'll we'll get underway as the zombies are coming out of the ground cam's first thought is crap let me get back on my lawn 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Instead of just running away. Fuck this all the way. Because they wanted to do something cheesy with him running, like, mowing over zombies and having yeah. blood fly out of the back of the exhaust or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Fuck all of that. Not, like, oh, I've got a cool idea for some kills. Like, yeah, these are cool ideas for kills, but you can't set it up with, oh, crap. Let, let me get my- Let me get on my 10-mile-an-hour lawnmower. <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> fuck all this. Yep, so that's what happened to Cam in the graveyard. He's able to escape. He eventually does run away. He closes the gate, everything like that. So then he arrives at the funeral home and is like, guys, look, and opens kind of the window, and they're all outside. I don't know how, if they he locked the whatever. It's fine. No, it's, they're not fine. Out. it's not fine, but go on. They jumped the fence, <laughs> and <laughs> they somehow got that power and they jump the fence anyway so they're at the funeral home now because cam comes in and it's like look at everyone that was a guest at peepaw's funeral is believing it now peepaw it's like zombies oh yeah of course i know what those are yep so they all just run into the basement and they're like all right this is like the safe space i thought it was really funny and i laughed out loud at one part where they're all just like confused what's going on and cam's just like it's fucking zombies Everyone's like, what? What is happening? And he's just like so aware of everything. He's like, it's zombies, obviously. Um, and so they think they're safe. They're in the basement of the funeral home, but then they hear movement. Yeah. And <laughs> and the final moments of this episode, we see kind of it zooms into the the boxes, the the mortuary cabinet downstairs, and. You know they're gonna be invaded by zombies, but that's for another week, another episode. Yeah, the freezers, um, man. So, so much to say. So little time. Um, <laughs> also important to note, uh, Lauren apparently gets bit by Peepaw. Peepaw takes a chunk out of her neck, um, and you know we know in the beginning of the episode that Lauren was part of the the crew of. Mrs. Miss Bowman. We don't know if it's Mrs. Trey might have died. Um, and the two kids, Cam and Luke. And she's still there because she's driving the hearse. But she also got bit by a zombie. So who knows what that'll mean because, you know, usually when you get bit by a zombie, that, yeah. mean, that means you're dying. Um, also, like, again, the whole scene with him mowing over zombies. Um, the whole idea of shoot a zombie in the head, kill the brain, bash the brain, do whatever. That's how you kill a zombie. Mm-hmm. He literally mows over a zombie, and the zombie <laughs> stands up and starts to walk. And I'm just like, that don't make sense, because rules of zombies. Yeah. Um, it also kind of seems like some of the zombies are a little... Peepaw had a little pep in his step. He was able to chase Lauren down. Yeah, Peepaw. Uh, it's not my fault that the guy said Peepaw. <laughs> No, I think it's hilarious. I laughed so hard. What you do to my people? I'm just like, bro, what is going on? Um, So, I guess final thoughts. A zero out of ten. I was going to say rating and will you be watching more episodes? Absolutely not. I am so happy I'm done watching this show. Like, maybe, maybe if I'm that bored. I will will watch more episodes of this. But, God, talk about, like, not setting up your rules of zombies. Talk about not doing a good job of establishing your characters. 
talk about a job. Too many characters. Too many characters, yeah. Like, you didn't even set up any good characters outside of, like, maybe Lauren and Cam. Yeah. Um, I would have watched the entire episode of just, like, her. Yeah. Basically. But also, like, I'm very confused as to how, like, her introduction was good. And she's also a part of, like, the crew post-zombie takeover. But she also gets bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have to now either kill her off or make us believe that there's a vaccine or something like that to the zombie or antidote, whatever, to the zombie virus. You don't know how the zombies are walking the earth. Like, oh, just there's too much going on. Also, Cam's realization that there are zombies is too much, too quick. (laughs) You can't tell me that he's that smart. Um, He goes from, (laughs) instead of running away from the zombies, getting on his lawnmower Mm-hmm. And he's he's like, oh, this is sick, so cool, man! I'm driving my lawnmower and I'm killing zombies. And then he falls off the lawnmower, mm-hmm. and it's too much. It's way too much. It's a zero. It's a strong zero. <laughs> it's really bad. I'm not gonna watch this again. Yeah, I would. I don't see any reason why I would continue watching it. Um, I would probably give it like a three, though. I feel like there's some. <laughs> There's some potential. I really did like, like, kind of enjoy, a kind of some of the scenes in the funeral home, but they're also like one minute scenes, if that. He, so I don't think I'm going to continue watching. I know for a fact you're not going to continue watching. No. No. You don't have to be kind. I won't. I'm not going to watch. This is what. Uh, this is what. Um, what's his name? Um, Jeremy Ford. This is what Jeremy was talking about when he said we're too mean. Yeah. <laughs> we tell we tell it like it is, you know. I don't get to to give my opinion on horror that often. And man, I think also a problem is it's called Day of the Dead, mm-hmm. and and it's being marketed as based on the George A. Romero movie, which mm-hmm. is not doing it any favors. Yeah. If this was I just agree. called Zombies in Pennsylvania or something like that, <laughs> maybe I'd watch it. Like, if anybody wants to watch a sci-fi show, watch Z Nation because I think Z Nation is more fun than this, and Z Nation is batshit fucking crazy. Um, but man, this is this is a zero. This is a zero for me, and makes me very, very nervous for future zombie movies and TV shows because. <laughs> This is bad. Resident Evil is going to be really bad. Um, I'm giving it a zero. Um, and this isn't indicative of like the actors or themselves or anything like that. You know, I'm sure they're doing the best that they can deal with when it comes to their dialogue. But, man, some of the writing in the show is super, super bad. And it's not can't be bad. It's just bad. Like, yeah. Again, the whole women shouldn't be around a fracking site is just an unnecessary piece of dialogue for no reason. Like, it's not, you're not even, like, proving a point. You're not even, like, okay, got it. This guy's an asshole. No, we had an hour, or we had, like, we had, like, five minutes of this guy already being an asshole to Sarah. Mm-hmm. We didn't need this. It's just... It's a zero for me. That's it. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. Anyone listening, definitely let us know if you checked out this premiere, what you think about it, if you had any expectations about it. Um, we're going to be doing a few more reviews, of course, later this month because we have, like we said, so much Halloween content and not all of them are going to be winners. So that's okay. 
So definitely, you know, if you wanna if you wanna give us your thoughts on this show, you can definitely tweet at us. You can give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with a better review of uh, Halloween Kills. So get excited for that, and we'll see you next time. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.